0: The following program may contain content that your kids would love to hear, but you may not want them to. I've been walking next to you the entire time. <laughs> Frank! Frank! Where are you? Finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Frank, remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father. But my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. God, his brothers, and you know, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Frank! Frank! My name is Frank. Frank! <laughs> So I think I think I finally did it after years of trying. Perfect opening, I'll never be able to do it again I'm sure. just another reason why I'm the bard of broadcasting. I dare anybody to start off any kind of broadcasting show as I just did, even come close. They can't do it, they won't do it, I do it, and I'm the only one who does it. My only agenda is to be wonderful, wonderful radio, yes, and whatever comes out of my mouth, you're going to hear right here on Cotolo Chronicles, on the man whose name adorns the title of the show, so stay here, because you certainly, really, honestly, don't have anywhere else to go, do you? To ice cap from Hamlet, to city from Apello, and into every bordello. Cooking? I'm telling you. Cooking? Buzzed? So I'm walking along the Champs-Elysees in uh, Paris. And it's crowded. I don't know if it's always crowded. I only walked a few times on Champs-Elysees. And I'm walking along the (laughs) Champs-Elysees. Did I say that? I remember, I remember... Uh, being in a taxi coming from the airport to uh, the city proper. And there was a wonderful French guy, I don't know, Jean-Paul. Of course, how many Jean-Paul's on there? I start looking for a Jean-Paul. Excuse me, uh, is this the French operator? I'd like to speak the to Jean-Paul. Eh. Okay. And I said, I was joking, only half joking. I had to make it into a joke because I did not know how to pronounce Jean Zelazé. Because let's face it, You can't do it phonetically. Of course, you can do it phonetically. And I did, just to make them laugh. The French were not easy to make laugh. Now, maybe it's my sense of humor. Uh, After all, you know, they loved Jerry Lewis for years. And, uh, I mean, all the time. (laughs) Not just in spicks and specs and little pieces where he was brilliant, but, you know, all the time. Uh, So what happened uh, is I said, and I, I, you know, let's admit, I was... I was tired. I was worn down, and that's what reminds me of how I feel right now. Worn down, got to be buzzed as I was later on on coffee and no sleep. Uh, and uh, I said, "Well, look, Jean-Paul. <laughs> look, we're at the we're at the champs delysees <laughs> And he cracked up. Champs-Élysées, D'Elysees. So, how, however, I said it I said it phonetically looking at the sign. <laughs> How do you get Sean Zayla out of Champs Delizes? <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, but I said that, I'm going to be hitting myself a lot. <laughs> and I'm telling you, my, my return just hit me. Uh, but uh, I'm walking along the Sean Zayla maybe a day later, two days later, who knows? I don't know when time caught up with me. Because I, I uh, I got I got ill. I got ill. Got. I just heard my father. You got. 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 Always got. I became ill, cause on airplanes. I guess you still can catch your death. And I guess you really can catch your death. But I mean, I caught a bad, bad uh, romance. <laughs> I mean, in my nose. And I was. Oh, it took me a night of. Uh, of. Actually, took another day okay here's the point the point is I'm uh, walking along the Champs-Élysées and I'm tired because I stayed up I, I you know pumped myself filled with the, I pumped myself filled I filled myself pumped I pumped myself all sorts of medicines which I got at a French pharmacy I forgot what they call a pharmacy not like in England when I was in England I was in England a lot longer than I was ever in France but it, it was a uh, the chemist. Go to the chemist. And that's some, call him the chemist. We call him a pharmacist. I don't get the difference. And I don't know how to say it in French. I don't know how to say it. Oh, no, I know how to say it in British. <laughs> in British, you say, uh, I say pharmacist in in Brit, in British. Chemist. The chemist. And I went to the French chemist. May I just say that? If chemist was the, was the word, French word for of uh, Pharmacist, it would be chemist, chemist, chemist. I'm not, I'm, 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 listen, I'm not making fun of them. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not making fun of them. I'm, I'm making fun of me not being able to speak like them. In any event, in all events and certainly this event. I'm, so the next day, I have to, I'm on a junket. Uh, if you don't know what a junket might be, maybe you don't do junkets anymore. I'm on a junket to promote, I'm with a group of people promoting an album and we're walking along, we're supposed to stop at every store that sells records and musical uh, equipment. Yes, it's that long ago. Stores that sell records. And this was a record, it was an album. And and I'm walking along and every cafe that pops up, and I might add, there are a lot of them on the Champs (laughs) d'Élysées. <laughs> and the Champs-Elysees is cafe after the cafe after the cafe Whew. Oh. it was um a decent day in october that's another reason i guess i'm thinking about in october it was a decent day so it wasn't hot um uh, my sports jacket and yeah, it's just fairly well in those days and i'm i'm walking along and uh every time we passed a uh cafe we said let's stop and we we thought about this because uh, we were tired. I didn't do the overnight thing, but as I told you, I was sick, but it's okay. I got sick afterwards. Okay, 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 okay. So let's stop and have a shot of espresso. And just one shot. One shot per, per cafe. One shot per cafe. So I, um, I'm walking along with uh, my uh, entourage. Not my entourage. I'm part of the entourage. <laughs> I don't have an entourage. I never had an entourage. And that I know how to say. How do you say entourage? In a, now, that, that's funny because I do not say entourage. It would be entourage, entourage. I was with my entourage, or I was a part of an entourage entourage. We stop, and they... They used to, and again, I don't know what goes on there now. I'm just saying the tradition and uh, pace of uh, you know urban pace must be the same, even though lots of you know the technology has changed and there's a lot of different things. But okay, but uh, uh the waiters just come right over, you know, and messy, and you know, just and we just go cafe, and uh, you know, make a swirl with a finger, and he knows okay, so everybody gets a cafe one shot. The espresso is sold in were sold in small cups, uh, just the way you see it in uh, in Italy. When uh, you see these uh, shows, I don't see them much in, in France. I don't see them in French movies, the cafe that when they show, but they show it in my uh, movies, in, in the Italian movies. You see it in the uh, Godfather, Godfather two, II, Godfather three, when they're drinking, and you're supposed to just uh, put some um, uh, sugar in it. They got sugar cubes. Cubes. That's Italy. But anyway, they they give you your shot in a little glass. I'm um, not a glass. It's cup. It's a cup, but it's a mini cup. And you're supposed to just go, just you know, down. You don't sit and sip it. You just go, take it down like this. Hey, anyway, wait! I got coffee right so. here. Ah, okay. Okay. We leave the paper. At that time, Frank's were. Uh, frank's, my name is Frank. Frank's, well, I guess that's just the same thing, right? Well, they didn't change money. <laughs> probably, there's probably bills out there. You know, 10 francs, 20 francs. I don't even know where they start, but there's probably bills that are francs out there that uh, have the date, you know, they've been going around and circulating since I was there a long time ago. So, And then you move on. We moved on, So I want, but when we said that, we thought we would uh, stop, you know, every once in a while. But Whoa. The Champs-Elysees is long, and there are, were, street past tense, there were many, 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 many cafes. It's almost like in one, every other store, right? The storefront. And they, and they were all outside. We didn't go into any cafes. Even in October, they're outside, eating and drinking outside. And uh, we were buzzed, like I, I. It's amazing. Now, also in those days, I smoked, and so did everyone else in the entourage. Not my entourage. That I was part of the entourage. Everybody smoked, and well, you know, there were one or two who didn't. Anyway. It was France, anyway. You know, and they're smoking on the under, in the underground. They're smoking. They, they were smoking like in England. They were smoking on the, in the subways. They call the underground, right? They, what they call it in uh, France, I forgot. Uh, call something else. But so we were so buzzed, and it was the day after I had pumped medicine into me. What? A, what a weird! I don't think I ever felt like that again. Then again, maybe I did, but I didn't associate it with France. My name is Frank Cattolo, man, whose name is the title of the show. And a couple of things I was going to do and may still do on this particular show as we enter October, autumn. It is my, my favorite, uh, uh, what, <laughs> season. It's a season for God's sake. It's a verb. It's a It's an adjective. It's a verb. It's not a verb. It's a it's a noun. It like autumn, a, a person, a place, or sort a of thing. And there are a girls named um, Autumn, females, and there are people who identify as you know. Uh, anyway, let's not get into that. The uh, the other thing that I I want to uh, say. I mean, I'm going to get into lists again. I, there's a couple of lists I want to get into, and we're just going to go through that and go and I'll tell you a few things now about now and uh you know other stuff uh and and one thing which is not good news uh i don't know uh i don't think it's my age i don't think it's the time or whatever because i know i have had uh dire sensations of my mortality in the past and close calls with the end of life as they call it as they call it and um in the past and now but uh watching people who not watching people learning of and sometimes watching i don't know but you know people of my around my generation who are passing for one reason or another while i dodge bullets as they say and a lot of us dodge bullets i mean there's plenty of people fine and well but uh, i just don't expect Certain people, and this doesn't go for you know close friends and stuff because that that's different. Everybody knows family and friends, that's uh, close. Uh, it's always going to be terrible, uh, no matter what. You like them, you don't like them, you, know, you care, whatever. It's always going to be to outlive somebody. Almost most people, I think, I don't know if they did a psychological study on this, but I'll bet you uh, that a lot of people uh, experience some kind of guilt when someone else dies, even had nothing to do with it. But we hear of all these things, and uh, I hear of all these things. I certainly make note of them. Uh, There was a study, I've mentioned this in the past, when I've talked about modern, I don't know if they do this anymore either. Where have I been? (laughs) I've been, you know where I've been? I've been in isolation, I think. You know, a few people walk in and out of this this realm (laughs) where I... Um, my abode, abode. Oh, my abode. That's like, a, my abode. But I did want to mention this uh, because I, I just, it hit me so, it hit me so weird, so weird. But um, I don't know if you ever saw or heard or uh, were a member of the audience of the uh, Imus, Imus, Don Imus, okay? We, a lot of us radio people know and have known of Don Imus. Now, when Don Imus passed away, uh, most people said, well, yeah, because he was talking about it all the time. And he looked, you know, 30 years older than his actual age. And, you know, so when he died, it was, and I think he had died before. <laughs> That's the whole thing. So he, uh, it really was no surprise when, oh, Don finally left us. And that is the way that went. But uh, when I worked, uh, at uh, uh, WNBC, as they wanted you to say it. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Private Parts movie there with the Howard Stern. WNBC. Uh, when I worked at NBC, when they uh, uh, started their uh, Dream Team, I didn't live in New York any any longer. But I I went and didn't do it like every night. But I I worked there for a while. And I had an office in that uh, big building. What is that? What is the NBC building? Uh, Yeah, Forty Rock, Forty Rock, Thirty Rock. I don't know what number Rock. It's one of the rocks, Uh, and you know, somewhere that uh, you know. I went as a kid. Okay, Uh, and I uh, met and knew some of the people in the uh, entourage of the uh, the dream team. Now, the dream team consisted of. Don Imus, Soupy Sales, do I remember Soupy Sales? Soupy Sales, um, Howard Stern, Wolfman Jack, I don't know if I missed one, but one, two, three, four, were there five? I don't know, anyway. That was the dream team. NBC came up with this big thing and you know, they're spending all this money and this was, uh, and I uh, casually knew the guy who was kind of, kind of like the other guy uh, for Don Imus, one of the guys on his panel was always there, kind of like I was when uh, working for uh, when when Wolf was on the air. So he was like this not really a sidekick. Uh, but, uh, and his name was uh, Bernard McGurk. Uh, and I, I was and I was that name. oh yeah, McGurk, who knew him? Who knew a McGurk? Uh, like me, uh, Bernard was from New York. He was from the Bronx, I'm from Brooklyn. Bronx, up, and he, unlike me, um, was not much of a liberal. What I'm trying to say is that uh, McGurk and I, Bernard and I, did not uh, were not of the same ilk in a certain way. Because he just stayed in New York, he wound up with uh, Don Imus, who was at NBC, and then over on television, radio, or whatever it is, and they finally wound up at ABC because WABC. Maybe they didn't do it like that either still has turned into a conservative a m station as all a m stations have con, uh, have turned into um and talk radio so and talk radio is always uh conservative uh based uh, or i don't know if they don't even know what they call their uh format i don't know it's talk they just say talk well bernard and, and you know Don imus was uh he was half and half, you know, whatever. Uh, but Bernard turned, turned uh, the conservative corner. And uh, when Don passed and his whole entourage left, and as it, Bernie, I know, called him Bernie. I know, mean, it's just a casual relationship okay work relationship uh, and that is you know everybody on the dream team uh, met one saw one another met one another saw in the halls and ba ding ba you know all that stuff because we all spent different times uh doing stuff and uh but uh so you know okay and uh he uh he, he was a funny guy i don't know if you ever saw him he used to do this uh, he's an irish i believe that's McGurk, I think, is Irish, one side of the Irish, but a Bronx conservative. Because there's a lot of conservatives in New York City. A lot of people don't know this. I grew up with, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, we had Republican mayors, more Republican mayors, and Republican uh governors in New York. Yeah, New York's big. And the city itself would get some Democratic uh because it was, you know, mixed and diverse and always a bit more progressive than the uh, upstate, out of state. Not out of state, upstate. Yeah, oops, give me. Upstate. No, I have not been drinking. Yes, I've been drinking. I've been drinking coffee like this. Yeah. Mm. I haven't even gotten around to say why I'm pumped in it, but but I, I don't want to mention this. And then last night, a good friend of mine, Lou Monaco, who writes... Sports, sports, and is a New York conservative. But he writes sports, so he doesn't do editorials, unless you talk with him. And then, you know, you might get some, uh, might get some of that angst. Uh, and I read a tweet, and the tweet says, uh, R.I.P. Uh, Bernard McGurk. And I went, what? i met so many people... To, you know know Bernie and McGurk i guess they don't know him and of course he really became local when the Imus thing fell apart as a national broadcaster he went uh, good thing ABC kept him and he worked and he did morning uh, stuff and funny guy sharp guy uh, um, an ex, you know conservative yeah <laughs> not uncomfortable this Is a guy you know I could go out and have fun with him. But I was, uh, uh, I was just shocked to see that. So I started tweeting around. I went to, I went to W-A-B-C, Twitter. I went, I'm looking all, I'm looking everywhere. I couldn't find anything. Now, uh, just on Twitter, I wasn't looking everywhere. Eventually, I went to Google later that night, put in his name and hit news and then found out that he passed away and I went what now immediately when you when you don't expect someone you've had any contact with at all and and that's you know working contact you don't expect uh them uh, to just uh, die you know that's part of your tribe although I mean I was younger than I am but still and uh, uh you know it's all uh, of course it can happen <laughs> it's like you know what Uh, People die in their 60s, early 60s, 50s. I got news for you. People die (laughs) when they're not killed. And people die in their teens and in their singles, whatever that's... What is that, childhood? Okay. Uh, So I read it. And there it was. uh, Bernard McGurk, 64, uh, prostate cancer. Now, something like that happens. I immediately think... How many people do I know died? Up? And then you know, my mind, my little guys in my file cabinet of my subconscious, they, they go to, they, they, they that's them running to the files, yeah. and they run to the fuck, and they open, the, and they open the files. Oh, we have it right here, you know. And then they, then they go, hit through this, they head through this saloon doors to my consciousness, and I start learning, remembering. That is, they remind me. Of people I know who died of various types of cancer, uh, and uh, I know of a lot of types of cancer. My, my parents died of cancer, and I've outlived them both. And I hope to put their death uh, ages together and, and even live out <laughs> live out a long. I said, you know, I just why? Because uh, you like life? Yeah, I like life, as much as I could complain about it, as much as it treats me. It doesn't treat me. I love those things. How's life treating you? How's life treating me? Life, they now they're saying life. Do they mean you know? I mean all the people who are living and or the or style. What do they mean? They don't mean anything. They just mean how are you? But they can't say it. They got ways of saying it. Uh, but I always my point here about McGurk about uh, Bernie is. Uh, is that I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm always sorry for, for everyone. I don't like to hear about death. I'm not a, one of the people who like death. <laughs> I don't know who does. Well, I guess like coroners do. as They make their living. There's a wonderful play which became a movie uh, and, and uh, called uh, Death Takes a Holiday, and that's exactly what it's about. Death personified into a person wants to know what's going on with life on earth. How come these people die? He's in charge. Of course, it's a he, he's in charge of who dies. They <laughs> got a big book, and you know, as if fate works itself into some kind of con- controlled manner, I don't know, schedule, and death decides to take off for a couple of days. And when death takes off, Mr. Death takes off, what do you think happens? Bingo. No one dies. All of a sudden, everyone lives. Uh, it doesn't matter whether they're sick. They don't get better. You know, it doesn't matter whether they're sick. It doesn't matter if they're attacked or criminals or something goes on during accidents. They don't die. No one dies because death takes a holiday. <laughs> so, And uh, so, you know, there's that. I, I'm not into that. But uh, when someone dies that you might know or have had contact with you think uh, death gets closer to you is what I'm saying here. It's, uh, as, that's why when, uh, creatures of celebrity in one way or another, and, and that goes for everyone that, I mean, it goes for, uh, uh, you know, Kennedy politicians, people who are murdered, who died beyond their before their time. What is their time? He died before his time. What's his time? <laughs> that see that comes from uh, that comes from a legend or some old tradition of time of death, saying like, well, it's your time right here?" There's another great play called. Uh, it was a short story, and it was uh, written by yeah you know, what before the Civil War, called. And I, I got to remember that. Oh, the Devil and Daniel Webster which is about Daniel Webster. You know, there's that other legend about you you sign away your soul to the devil and then when time comes the devil shows up and goes, "Up, oh, we're going." And know way they're going. You never see it but it ain't good. <laughs> it ain't good. Uh, because then you have your legends of hell and then we go all the way back to the, <laughs> to Dante. Dante? Yeah, we go back to that and uh Dante's Inferno and it gets creepy. Believe me. Okay, what was I saying? I was saying that when someone dies, we all touch, death touches us because we know the person. And with celebrity, uh, people like Kennedy, you know, when there's tragedy, uh, Martin Luther King, and anyone else assassinated, you know, uh, and sometimes just dying, uh, we uh, feel it, but not as, not like we do when we have been with the person uh, at any given time. Uh, face to uh, face, because that makes a person a person. Okay, you could, uh, I, you know, we all we all loved uh, President Kennedy. Yeah, I know we weren't pre- we weren't people though. He wasn't a person to us. He was this image and blah blah blah. Same thing with the uh, singers and dancers, uh, celebrities of those kind of entertainment kind or anyone, anyone. But when you've uh, been with someone. And any kind of relationship, or even if you like met some. I met him on, you know, I met on the street. I met Dean Martin on the street, and then I, I met once uh, Ed Sullivan. The only time I ever saw Ed Sullivan live, I met him and asked him for an autograph. uh, My girlfriend was with me. I said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'll get you an autograph (laughs) because I'm a brazen son of a bitch and I do things like that." And uh, because I'm always fighting uh, my youth. Self who just ran away, ran into closets, and then I had to fight it by being brazen. But still, you see someone, and they're real. They're real. They're three dimensional. They're not three dimensional on TV. They're not three dimensional uh, when they're singing and and a sound, whatever. So, I was. I had that feeling. I didn't expect that feeling uh, hearing about Bernard McGurk because I I figure this guy's going to live a long time, but. Uh, prostate cancer. And I don't know, I, the, the people that I've uh, talked, I don't want to get into a, that's not the tonight's subject, it's not prostate cancer. Uh, my uh, heart goes out to his family, I know he had a family, my heart goes out, you know, I that feeling. It's, I know it's always, and this is a psychological thing, I know they've done studies on this, you always, as a human being, cling to life, and uh, you cling to life and uh you get that uh, you also get this feeling, that's what I meant before about saying you're guilty, you feel guilty, Hey, geez, you know, it's a oh, chunk, that I, that that can be me, you know, is that me? But then what your ego says to you is, It wasn't you. Aren't you happy about that? So you hear about someone telling you, Oh, jeez. Oh no. You know someone you know, and then you go and then your your ego not your super ego is gonna is going to be in the middle uh, between your id and your ego is your super ego in the, and, and, and the super ego is going to be in the middle going, take it easy now. You know, but your ego itself is going to go, aren't you glad it isn't you? <laughs> or in essence, aren't you glad it isn't us? <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, and I am uh, happy. It's not me. Although I don't know. Right? I don't know. Uh uh, every day, Dad had brothers. <laughs> okay, again, about every day. I mean, you know, when I should get. You know, what I should do is get i a. a uh, uh, I'm no, I'm wondering. I was going to ask the audience, and I and you're the audience. So, <laughs> however many you are there tonight or listening, I'm going to tell you that. Uh, listen, again and again, uh, we're not on here and there. As we were not on the week before this, but now we're here. It's October. We expect to be on. I have some guests uh, and, uh, and panel people who are now committing to certain days. So we're going to have other than me on, which is fun, always fun for me, always fun for them, and always fun for the audience. So that, that's going to happen. And uh, in the future of this show here. But what was I gonna say? I don't know. I was gonna say, uh, that's happening. Yeah, I went off to the I was gonna ask the audience, that's it. I was gonna ask the audience, whoever you Oh, that's right, <laughs> yeah, I got back, I got back to it. I said, deadhead brothers. I'm, I'm going back to this part where I say that, nope, gone again. Say, come on you guys, you're not, well, they're all running to the files now. Because when I get, right? <laughs> what was I gonna say? Going to the going to the files. Run back and bring them to me. I was going to say this. I was going to say we've got. Uh, uh, no, no. See, guys. Okay, let them go about their business. I'll take a drink of water. Oh, wait a second. I do have, I still have some coffee left from my. Hold on. Uh. I was going to say, juicedtalk.com Still active, still putting into the archives shows that we record live. Everybody records their show live, but then it turns out to be there. And also, True Talk Radio, five days a week, sometime. Check it out, truetalkradio.com. And anywhere else, because always something else is always popping up somewhere, and uh, nothing I could do about it, but that's okay. That's part of it. So that's where you can hear ones you might have missed or what have you. Well, wouldn't you want to hear again? Oh, wouldn't you want to hear again? He said, like when he was uh, what? <laughs> when he was a cartoon character. Speaking of cartoon characters, I was thinking. I was thinking, would it be? Would it be good? I didn't answer it. Wouldn't? Would not it be good? Which wouldn't means would not it be good? If I had a sidekick, but. I don't want to formulate this show. Then it becomes a program. I don't want it to be a program. I want it to be a show. Yeah. Oh, the heat is leaving and the chill, that early winter chill comes in autumn. And uh, a sidekick. I, I don't know why. I'm, look, I'm doing so many things. At once, you know, in one day. But that's not, today was not one of those work days where I could say to you, uh, you know, I'm tired because my eyes are tired. You know, it wasn't one of those sit down days. Today was one of the days I take out, I don't know, maybe once a year it happens. Uh, I have this wonderful little refrigerator. There are now two in my home. Because my son has one. He lives here now. And I have the other one. And uh, the one that I have. Does not have a a freezer that defrosts itself. I I don't even know how that works. Again, another thing I don't know how it works. But I do know that my freezer, which is small. Of course, this is a small refrigerator. I know that it develops the ice uh, all over it. There's plenty of things you could put in there, the freezer, but the ice uh, builds up in anything that does not defrost itself, is not self-defrosting, in other words. So what happens eventually is there's so much ice in there and that there's just a little bit place you could squeeze something in like you know a couple of slices of ham or salami or something you can slice, and then you know they're not packaged or, and besides who freezes salami I ask you but uh, and then it's no good because you can't put anything in it so I have to go through this process which is a good process I, I and I made it even better uh, to, uh today because I wasn't going to do it today but I had my reasons why today would be a good day and so I did and it's still up there. There's still two clumps of ice that are uh, clinging uh, to the freezer, which is a compartment it's clinging uh, that will fall. Uh, and I will be able to just take out the big chunks. It'll be wonderful. But it also means that I have to uh, wash. I get. To, I got to clean the kitchen floor because. A lot of water. When I'm doing this and it's melting, it's a lot of melting going on. And there's hot water, which I have a process of putting uh, hot water so that it steams on the shelf right before the freezer. So it steams. Well, that that steam heat goes up and it um, melts. Of course, I turned it off. I took the plug out. and It melts the ice. I don't know how else to do it. But I thought of something. I love when I just love when this stuff happens to me, and it does happen to me. I get these ideas on how to do something. And as you know, I don't know how anything works, but I do know how to operate certain things. And so do you. And you don't know how anything works either. So let's, and you want to hear that show, go to com, And I don't know, I don't know how it works or whatever the title. Listen to that show, and you will. Agree with me that you don't know how anything works. But I'm um, knowing how to defrost this thing manually, because I have no, like it doesn't defrost itself. I don't, and I don't know how a machine does that anyway. Um, but I do know, I figured out how I am going to melt that ice so that I can use it again and it will accumulate ice again. But today, uh, this time, I said, you know what? I'm not just going to put a large uh, well, I don't know what that would be. Pan? Pan. Let's call it a pan. <laughs> you know, you cook things in it. I put a pan on the shelf right underneath the huge ice that has developed there. And the steam goes up. And I have to keep doing it. Of course, it gets... Uh, cold and it melts. It melts on there and gets, and the steam stops. So I have to keep heating up water and bringing it over there and replacing it. And water gets on the floor and the things. I mean, that's okay though because I get a chance to wash my kitchen floor. There are plenty of chances to do it otherwise, but I don't do it. And this is what comes from living alone, or with your son I don't know <laughs> whoever and uh I just don't do it and it doesn't bother me to do it but I, but everyone's going I gotta do it because now it's affecting me uh, to you know a uh, to an extreme but here's what I did I want to tell you this because I'm so excited about it I took rags and I did the same thing I'd always do I heat up the water a lot of water till it's boiling and then I take it in the pot and I put it in the pan put the pan underneath the freezer till so that and it you know it's uh in right there near the ice so that's gonna melt because i've taken the plug out of course but here's what i thought i get some rags if i put the rags if i if i soak the rags with steaming hot water boiling water and i put the rags inside because i told you there's a little crevice and they're the, where the ice is exposed in the crevice and then around where the ice is exposed plus plus i put the pan in and the steam comes up if i did that i'm gonna cut this job in half i still have to clean the uh, the floor but i found something that that is great Uh, And I I know, uh, and it's, I could do a whole show on this stuff called CRUD Killer. That's with K's. CRUD Killer. (laughs) I could tell you. Because every once in a while I find a product that they'd never advertised and it's just terrific and I use it. I've told you about a few of them and I am not uh, against telling you without being paid to tell you that there's an item I use that works for me. And you'll never see it on TV. Why? Because it's not a .dot com. I guess. Oh, that was an a. That was one of those things that old people say. Oh, it's a. You know, it's an analog thing. It's a spray. It's called Crud Killer with K's. Crud Killer. Oh, we had a lot of fun about with that around the house. But so uh, now I got the Crud Killer. So while the water goes on the floor, as opposed to. Um, okay taking a day out just to wash the floor. As the water is going to go on the floor, I've got to dry the water off anyway because it's going to, you know, go come from the melted ice. I can't control that. I let it flow, and I get down on my knees with a brush. And before I get down on my knees, I use Crud Killer. I spray Crud Killer where there's crud. And there's crud. You'd be surprised where you'd find crud so I accomplished both of those things. Like I said, up there right now, there is only uh, a some ice here and there, but by the time I finish the show and I go upstairs, I will be able to take the rest of it out, dry everything, and plug it in. And then tomorrow I'll go shopping and I'll have all this room, all the room I need to put the things that I buy. <laughs> During these times of high inflation. Oh, let's not go there. Everybody say high inflation. They say inflation is high. Inflation means it's high. It is higher inflation. I don't know how they're going to do that, but I'm still thinking about it as I do. I'm starting to really, ah, it goes, there it goes. There goes the modification buzzer. <laughs> For words like really and very, the words that cannot be measured to modify a noun, but uh, I'm uh, I, uh, pissing people off with that, the buzzer, the modification. You know, people don't like to be told they're, they're, they're not doing something right. They, they, they don't like to think, most people I, I, I've ever been, you know, normal people like us, I'm normal and I'm not normal. I'm not normal, so that's why I'm the one who would do this, and why they wouldn't like me. Because remember how I opened this sh- this show, okay? <laughs> By the way, okay. But most people don't want to be told. Right there, be it's a, it's not that's not how you say it, right? It's not how you say it. That, and look, I was like that too, as I told you in Paris. I said, look, I don't know how to pronounce Champs Elysees, so I'll make a joke out of it, which is something I always. Lean on if I can't, you know, as opposed to not looking like an idiot, which I look like anyway, and I let people see it, but still. Uh, so I, you know, I make it into a joke and they go, oh, well, there's Frank, you know, my name is Frank. And, he, you know, he's just like, they don't know the joke. The Champs de Lisets. <laughs> And, you know, known as a comedian or someone associated with comedy. I've never been known as a comedian. Although uh, my aunts and uncles and people and, uh, used to say, "Why well, are you, some kind of comedian? And, you know, you make a joke. And it's not a joke or an insult or something. And they'd call, it, call you a comedian. What is this, anyway? It's strange stuff that's like a dead bug that, 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 turned, that got into the wood of the, of the desk. So, uh, so there's that, Uh, but um, so I have, you know, when you hear the buzzer, that means I've automatically said things I shouldn't say because I'm trying to, as I have mentioned years and years and years on this show, and when I can say that, because it has been years and years and years, you know, so it's not like I'm repeating myself. I could just say years and then you don't know how many years because it's years, but it's plural and it's a volume. It could mean 20, it could be 30, unless you make it specific, that's different. It's not like the word very. I'm going to do a show on very, but people don't like to hear that they've said something and it's uh, misleading, the syntax is bad. Let me tell you one great story uh, where where it was terrific. All right, I, I don't know if I told you this, but i because I can't possibly remember over these years every story I've told, but that's okay. you get different audiences, different people listening anyway, I went to one of these seminars uh I don't know you ever get the you get these things in the mail, and uh people it's obviously from a company or a man or a woman trying to sell something or get uh, services trying to sell their services or or give you new windows or you know or a uh lot uh, of uh, big things with, uh, with bathrooms uh, where I live. Uh, really, uh, really, I could say that just as a thing. Really. I just modify it. I use the word really as it should be used. But now, don't get pissed at me. The thing is that commercials about bathrooms, okay, so these seminars, and they say, we'll give you a, a wonderful lunch sandwich or nice, or they have a spread out. And if you just come and listen, you don't have to buy anything, you don't have to sign anything, just come on by, we'll give you, and then listen to us and what we have to say. All right, so, and they're always, you know, hawkers, and most, not most of the time. I've never gone to one that wasn't a sham in essence. Uh, if it was good, uh, you know, if it's good, people can still screw it up if they join up or get the service or whatever. But anyway, afterwards, I sat with the guy who gave it. And, you know, I didn't buy anything. To I only went there. I didn't care about his services. I cared about the sandwich that they were serving because they t- kept saying, "This is what, we're going to watch wonderful lunch sandwich with this. And they, they really wanted a... You know, uh, suck you in uh, with a sandwich, and the way they described it, it sounded good enough to go to this thing and sit there. So I went, and afterwards, he was talking uh, after his uh, spiel, spiel, spiel. I think it's spiel, spiel. I don't know if it has an H or a H or a C. That's what they, the way they talked it, the way they talked it, the way they said it in Brooklyn. Spiel, his spiel, but I think it's spiel, S P I E L, anyway. Uh, I'm talking with him, and he says, "This is something like this, but it used this term." He said, "Well, I was in Albany, where I met my wife in Albany." And I said, "What were you doing there?" He said, "Well, I was in Albany for a, uh, doing school." I said, "What were you doing there with your wife?" I said, well, "I wasn't with my. That's where I met my wife. So she was already your wife." I said, "And then you met her." So you hadn't known her? Was she a mail-order bride or something? And he looked at me like, what is this guy talking about? And he looked at me like, you should know what I meant. And there we go. There are the five words that get everybody out of that predicament. You know what I mean. And I said, no, you said your wife. You met your wife there. But she wasn't your wife, right? Are you saying you met her and then eventually this is the woman who became your wife? He goes, yeah. I said, well, you didn't. And this guy, I appreciated this guy because he went, ah, I see. Yes. He said, yes, I did not meet my wife there. Because, right, that's, that's just syntax. That, that doesn't have to do with the very and the really and the false amount of the, 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 yeah, they are false modifications. But, and people say that all the time. They say, oh, I, I met my wife. You didn't meet your wife because she wasn't your wife. But he gave in now. He said, yeah, you know. And then what did he do? He went, I don't think I'm going to be able to sell my shit to this guy. (laughs) Because (laughs) every word I say, and then he's thinking in his mind. I know. I know. I can't read minds. I'm not a mind reader. But I know. He's thinking about stuff that he he said earlier. He goes, oh, geez, what I say? But most people do understand I just won't I can't stand it. Like Popeye. I can't stands it no more. Right? And that what Popeye says, that's all I can take. I can't take no more. It's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. My name's Frank Catolo name The title of the show and that show is Catolo Chronicles. So I'm gonna take a quick look at a list I meant to make part of uh part of a uh show a couple of weeks ago whenever and I didn't and I think we have a we have at least a half hour to go into that and I'll, I'll tell you again about the well the lists you know uh but then we'll do that after we uh take a uh short break to uh uh, uh dispose of some bodily waste or what have you I know you somebody you have to go over. That. why do these what is this Seymour is Seymour here Ah, Windows 10 and Windows 11. They're just bothering the living daylights out of me. Now leave, leave. Thank you. Where do you click to get rid of it? You just have to know where this thing comes up. And it goes, oh, here's some news breaking. Now, you know, I don't have to know everything that's going on anywhere at any given time when you decide I should know it. Now, what's my point? Oh, I was going to say to you that um, uh, in that great opening of this show, in the beginning of autumn and the beginning of October, I played a strange piece of experimental music, which is from an unreleased album <laughs> that I did on a dare years ago. And I'm gonna play a little bit of that as we all get a chance to go get a beverage or, like a, you know, and uh, certainly dispose of some bodily waste. Come back, and we're gonna talk about psychedelic films. A list of what someone, somehow, somewhere, give the top 10 or 20. And I don't buy these, you know, because they're not experts. My top 20 and your top 20, my top 20 and your top 20, sit by the fire, are different. So don't tell me what's the top. What are you base it on? They don't, when they're not accountable for what they do when they put these lists together, but we're going to talk about the psychedelic films. Then we're going to call it a night. Okay, in the meantime, uh, Ambient Mouth, that's what, I'll tell you someday about how this album came about, uh, but I think the whole thing is called Ambient Mouth. Ambient Mouth, which is what I was called because of my style when this started and I'd probably still do it. But uh, I'm going to give you some of that. Go get your, uh, co- go get your cola, your whatever, your soda, your ice cream and, and, then, and then come right back here. This is Catolo Chronicles. <laughs> weird, isn't it? <laughs> okay, that was that track, by the way, uh, goes five minutes and 23 seconds. That was fun doing it, but uh, there was no way to release it, even though there are people out there who do like this experimental music with the with, uh, moogs and uh, uh, it's moderators or whatever they're called. Uh, And yet, I don't know. We're going to look at this again. Um, There's a... Now, you know, uh, I'm not going to tell you because I'm not uh, going to tell you where this comes from, but I will tell you that it comes from... (laughs) I I like that. I'm not going to tell you where this comes from, but I'm going to tell you where it comes from. It's a digital magazine that does all these many of these i mean they're not there's there's plenty of these uh lists and we did a, a list uh, before uh this is uh two people i'm not even going to tell you their names because if i say something negative about them, somebody's going to write and go hey. but i i just want to say that i do these lists because i mean i talk about these lists but as i do i can't help but tell tell you that uh, these people are not experts This is a, uh, uh, they're not saying these are the 20 greatest psychedelic films. This is of all time. Okay. Of all, you know, they just, this is the internet working at its worst with, with lists and information. All right. I mean, says who, right? This is one of those things. Says who? Uh, So it's not a, you don't vote on it. You don't, what have you. And these people who are writing in this magazine are not experts. They may know a lot more than you do about films, no less, uh, and people and music. But, and let me tell you something, they get things incorrect. And this is another reason why I jump on them. Yeah, okay. I do that because I don't like that. Uh, So I'm not going to mention their names though. Uh, I I do once in a while, but I'm not going to. Because now I know. I You know, when I started uh, uh, mentioning uh, mentioning people who write things, I don't want to give them the credit that they deserve. Uh, but, you know, if they, something. Uh, but here's a list. The 20 best psychedelic films of all time. Now, it starts with 20 and it goes down and I'm, I'm not going to spend, I don't think I'll spend a lot of time talking about these, about these, <laughs> talking about these. You know what I just did? Talking about these. <laughs> it's like WNBC. But, I am, uh, wait, let me get rid of this here. And then make this uh, shorter and I'll give you what I think. And you'll know what you think. If you saw these movies, or whatever, uh And this is of all time, so... uh, Of all time. The 20 best psychedelic films of all time, according to these people, start at number 20, The Red Shoes. The Red Shoes, 1948. I may have seen this. I don't know. A ballerina is torn between her love of dance and her love of a composer in this British classic. I am going to read some of it verbatim because... They make qualifications. And they usually don't write well as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So there. Um, Let me, uh, all right. So that's uh, um, with her instructor testing her commitment to her craft against her romance. The dilemma begins, brings a heavy emotional burden. Okay, I don't know this as a psychedelic film. I don't even know this as a psychedelic film, no less of all time. This is number 20. Let's also see what they missed because, you know, we get get through them all. I don't, and it doesn't say here, now here, these are the best. Now, if it says this is the best list, that means it's going from best, worst to best, right? These are the best. So the one that's number one is the best of the best and then two, right? So it is in some kind of order. Okay, the red shoes utilizes a fantastical style, fantastical, a fantastical style in its infamous dance sequences to express meaning. Uh, The director says when the girl is dancing, she feels she is a bird, a flower, a cloud. When the spotlight hits her, she feels she is alone. That's the big thing that makes this number 20, the red shoes. Uh, number 19, a 2019 movie called mid Uh I did see this recently. and was very, ah, okay, it went on, see? I was disappointed in it, uh, and I got reasons, but that's, you know, why this makes, uh, what I'm saying is, this again, why does this make one of the best? Because they know more than I do? No, 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 it's opinion. A grieving young woman travels to Sweden with her emotionally unavailable partner and some friends they plan to study a summer festival celebrated by a cult and there are nightmarish results. This is not a psychedelic film. See, already, I think we look up psychedelic and this is the 20 best psychedelic films of all time and I'm telling you that the first two are not psychedelic. They might have scenes that take you into some kind of a mindset, but no. Midsummer, two thousand nineteen. No, shouldn't be on the list. And I'm just making those sounds because it's not on my list. Okay, uh, Son of the White Mare, nineteen eighty one. Uh, I can't. I can't say. Here we go again with another language. I'm not. Fehelophilia. There, I said it. I phonetically. Fahalofia. a horse goddess. A horse goddess gives birth to three powerful brothers. After growing up separately, they reunite to save three princesses from three evil dragons in the underworld. Not psychedelic. Again. Now, I could say that without having seen it. Surreal and trippy imagery. Okay. Uh, that makes it like so- okay. I mean, I'll buy it. If they want to categorize it, and I haven't seen it like that. Fine. Communicates this film's mythical tones as the characters defy laws of physics through movement. Okay, fine. Son of the White Mare, 18. Requiem for a Dream. Now, dream movies uh, are only, uh, you know, if they're about dreams, psychedelic, I don't get it. Psychedelic. Because dreams are you know, Dada-esque in their own way. And they're also psychological messages. So I'm not crazy about using... Let's see what this says. Requiem for a Dream. This is by uh, Darren Aronofsky, the year 2000. Three Utes. Utes? Did you say (laughs) Utes? 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 Did you say Utes? Fred Gwynn in... uh, Bad invitation, but that was his line. uh, Talking to Joe Pesci. Utes? Did you say Utes? Three Utes. Because he's a... Guy from Brooklyn, okay. Three youths plan to get rich from selling drugs, but their own addictions pose problems. This already sounds like a comedy. One of their mothers, Ellen Burstyn, one of their mothers, wait a second, these guys have more than one mother? Wait, One of their mothers, one of the mothers of, oh boy, here we go, that's why I met my wife, isn't it? are experimental and abstract in visual composition, yet the aftermath is tragically bitter. Images of dilated pupils and accelerating bloodstream are used alongside distorted sounds of empty... V- I don't know why. Requiem for a dream. I don't know it anyway. Bliss. Joe Bagos. Is that how he pronounces his name, or is it Begaw? Oh. <laughs> 2019. Now, this is of all time, and, and, and yet... what would we go? 1948 is as far back as we refer as back, No, i use it far in that case. Okay, fine. During a creativity block, a hard partying artist indulges in a series of dangerous drug binges. Okay. Now we're talking about something psychedelic because it does have to do with mind altering drugs. Dreams are not occurred, occurred. They are not launched by, they can be launched by psychedelic, but they're not. It's just about a joke. Okay, fine. Uh, the drugs come with a savage taste for blood. Bagos, or is it Bagar? This <laughs> shows an electrifying world of madness. The surreal visuals and heavy metal soundtrack. Oh my God, forget it. Let's move on. Bliss. Uh, Japanese Ah, Kurosawa, dreams. Here we go. This is called dreams. Kurosawa, and this is 1990, a great filmmaker, Japanese filmmaker. Eight segments, so this is a, not a story, this is a, not a story, it's in Italian. This is not a story, it's eight parts that make up this film. Eight segments that depict dreams, depict dreams, okay, are presented in this magical realist film. Okay, it's a realist film about dreams, a realist film about dreams. Oh, these are experts? These surreal stories include a sun shower, the Second World War, and a weeping demon. Kurosawa gives us majestic and beautiful landscape through these eight stories. His use of hallucinations and surreal visions. Are they hallucinations? If they dream, uh, moving on. It's probably now Kurosawa, and even has Kurosawa's name on it, would be worth watching. I just am saying, what's it doing on the psychedelic list? Fourteen, Waking Life, Richard Linkletter. Hey, is that the guy? 2001, Richard Linklater? A man observes philosophical debates as he travels through a lucid, dreamlike state. Okay, again, psychedelic movies? Ah, ah. (sighs) These dreams illustrate themes such as reality, free will, our relationship with others, relationships with others, and the meaning of life. All right, fine. Suspiria, Dario Argento, 1977. American ballet dancer Susie Banyan, played by Jessica Harper. Oh, Jessica Harper, you don't see many of her movies. Arrives in Freiburg, Germany to study dance at the prestigious Tanz Academy. After an immediate series of bizarre and unsettling events, she fears something sinisterly evil haunts the place. Something sinisterly evil? Something sinisterly made, ah. Uh, Ajayi. He uses color and sound like a true artist in this horror classic, psychedelic horror. Uh, uh, this is the wrong category. I, I don't know what category to put this, but I don't know. Number 12. An Andalusian dog. An Andalusian dog. Un chien Andalou. An Andalusian dog. I don't know what Andalusian means. Luis Buñuel, 1929. Oh, we're really going back. See, I could use really that way. Going back. We're really going back here. A film with no plot. There's a way, okay. It's starting off well, isn't it? (laughs) A film with no plot. An Andalusian dog explores a disjointed chronology. It uses dream logic to jump from the initial "once upon a time" to eight years later, okay, a dream logic. This is not. I'm not taking out the dictionary, which is what I usually do to prove you're just going to look it up yourself. Now let's see if any of these that I would agree with belong in this. No less than the best. These are the best. He says, Psycholo- uh, uh, not psychological, psychedelic." Right? Climax, 2018. Gasper, no. Young dancers gather in a remote, empty school It's a remote, empty school building. Okay, comma, that works. Empty school building to rehearse for a dance competition. lot dance is going on in these movies? The all-night celebration soon turns into a hallucinatory nightmare after the drinks are spiked with LSD. This is psychedelic, okay? They're going to use drugs to go into these states. Hello, this should be one of how many? I don't even know if it's good, but one of how many? Climax can be summed up as an attack on the senses once the beautiful dance sequence has passed. Okay. All right. You want to look at these things? You can't. Video unavailable. You know, where I'm reading it from there. It's unavailable. Okay, here's one called, oh boy, here we go. 2000, it's, you know, that's the year. Uzamaki. Hegu Chinsky, oh, the name of the guy, Uzumaki, I guess it's Japanese, embracing the strange and the surreal, yes, the Japanese culture celebrates fantastical sales, fantastical, why not fantastic st- sales, why are they fantastical, someone thinks that is correct, and even if it is correct, it's also correct if it's not fantastical, but fantastic sales, Tails, sales, <laughs> soupy, sales. Did I mention him as part of the dream clean cream? Don't, don't, hey, listen, when things get weird, you know what that means, right? Yeah, you can get, maybe I should do it over this. Hey, I'll, I'll let this go. Let me, let me, I'll do it. Okay, forget. Uh, uh, so then that's this one. Okay, number nine. Um. The Holy Mountain, Alessandro Jodowski, 1973. These these people who have written this certainly have seen a lot of films. But to say, let me just say this once and for all until the next time I say, if you make a list and it's of all time, that means you had to see every Psychedelic film, whatever you consider that genre. You'd have to see all of them. I don't think these people have seen everything in order to say these are the top 20 of all time. That's. Uh, I think you're liking yourself a little bit too much. The Holy Mountain, Master of the Surreal. Uh, Jodorowsky's The Holy Mountain is the Chilean French. Chilean French. There's a Chile? Chilean and French, put together, making a movie. That's going to be confusing. Uh, Mo, the Chil. Oh, he's Chilean. He's ha- I see. It. It's a term. He's half Chilean and half French. It's the most well-known feature film tra- traversing genre to embrace a certain. Sur- oh, what on I-, I didn't even read this sentence. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> I'll want to. I'll want to for, forbid myself of speaking English again. But anyway, traversing genre to embrace a surreal tale influenced by René Dumas and Louis Bounielle. You know Louis Bouniel. No, Okay, fine. An unmistakable film. Of the director's idiosyncratic world, the holy mountain is intoxicating and bewildering. An acid trip suffused with revolutionary creative energy. Is it an acid trip? Or is it just presenting it as the untamed illusory? The untamed illusory dream follows a man illusory? He's leading a Christ figure to a mountain of immortal wise men in a colorful kaleidoscopic journey. It's colorful kaleidoscopic. If it's a kaleidoscopic journey, it has to have it colorful. Yeah, it's a, it's a colorful, it's not a black and white kaleidoscope. Heavens, you should use a black and white kaleidoscope. There's nothing psychedelic about that. Move on. Number eight, Pink Floyd the Wall. So we have to go into this, you know, there are people who love Pink Floyd. I'm not one of them, and they—they're gonna think this should be, this will be number one, man. I, I don't mean to make fun of you, and just not—I uh, just, you know, to me it's just pretentious. But the movie, which I haven't seen, I've seen, so far I haven't seen any of these, re-establishing the band's connection with their true fans. Uh oh! Listen to this—he's gonna use the word whilst. <laughs> this immediately, this immediately disqualifies these people writing about these movies, whilst, whilst. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to tell you whilst is wrong. You do not write the word whilst. You do not speak Shakespearean when you're writing English, even though Shakespeare was English. Oh, what I have to go through. Oh. Re establishing the band's connection with their true fans while excavating into their own identity simultaneously. Oh, he got tired of reading. <laughs> so, Alan Parker's Pink Full of the Wall is a treat for the retinas, a feature length thrill of animated psychedelia and live action drama. Thank you very much. We'll move on. Number seven, Godfrey Reggio 1982's Koyana Skotsky oh boy, is squats. no, Koyanisquats, I don't know how to pronounce this, the first edition of his trilogy is visual poetry at its finest, a striking reflection that is contextualized, contextualized, ladies and gentlemen, let's say it together, listeners, contextualized, within the constructs, it's contextualized, contextualized within the constructs. Contextualized within the construct, Conceptualized. It's conceptualized. Contextualized within the constructs. Contextualized. <laughs> of modernity. Modernity. Here comes another one. I, 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 I. This is what goes on in my head when I things. I, I. You know, I make it like an old... A disturbed English teacher. Is that what you're thinking? No, it's not. It just bothers me to read this stuff when a sentence should be just read. Uh, this also one of my problems with the internet, which is, you know, how people write. Now I'm not going to want to see the movie at all. It doesn't to do it. It's like, does it? Does it? Wait. Produced by Francis Ford Coppola. And he, you know what he's looking at? He's just looking at by the way, Francis Ford Coppola has just put up this is news to you, I get one hundred million dollars of his own money. Now that means he's I don't know if it's his money. It's money he's gotten from a lot of people. He probably put another mortgage on his winery. I don't know what other money he makes. It's not my business. Megalopolis is a movie that he's making. Megalopolis about all I know is this. New York City is destroyed under some circumstance that you will accept as the premise of this film. I don't know if it's the premise, like the beginning, the part, the launching. And it has to be rebuilt. And More than that, I do not know. And there's a bunch of people that signing up. They all want to be in that movie. He's 84. God bless him. I say that even though there's nothing religious involved. Francis Ford Coppola. So let's uh, see what he's going to do with this. $100 million to make this one. For all we know, that's not a lot. But a lot of people want the money in it. So maybe if you look at a megalopolis, look at that. Maybe there's somewhere you want to send 10, 20 bucks, help him out, make it. You know, he could, hey, $100 million and $20 <laughs> he could, to make sure he stays on budget. Anyway, this uh, he likes this, he produced it, so I guess he came up with some money or people who had it. The director stated the film, he stated. Now state that. He said, he said. I don't actually get that. I mean, I you know, actually I act the I speak. I speak the way I speak with the uh uh is it the sensation or the emotion that I you know, oh, okay <laughs> thank you all right uh no this is a. I don't know forget about that forget about Koyan I can't even pronounce it enter the void Gaspar no no it's not no see it's noe is it noy what, what happens when they put that thing on top? Noy? Noy? Noy. Maybe it's Noy as opposed to Noy. 2009, there are very few filmmakers with the same innovative eye as the Argentine director Gaspar Noy. Noy. I don't know. Having formulated a fascinating landscape. Now remember, he had a fascinating landscape that he had to formulate. He formulated... A fantastic, a fascinating (laughs) landscape of cinema, including the likes of Irreversible Irreversible Climax and Enter the Void. I don't know, I guess, is that a trilogy? Released uh, in uh, 2009, Enter the Void, and we're talking about an empty Void here, I (laughs) believe. Are we? Let's talk about an empty void. Enter the void remains one of the most mind-bending, psychological brain twisters ever made. Mind-bending, psychological brain twisters. Again, not psychedelic. Uh, Telling the story of an American drug dealer killed in a drug deal who begins to observe his past life and seek resurrection. A hypnotic cosmic journey. Okay, a hypnotic cosmic journey, eh, Okay, I can't pre- enter the void. And what's worse, it's an empty void. Not my joke, I made a reference, you find out. Uh, George Dunning's 1968 Yellow Submarine. Now, uh, maybe if you watch Yellow Submarine, the cartoon. Oh no, he did it, I just read the first word. Oh! oh. God, I want to find out, I want to find these authors. I we going to get violent? Is that what you want to do? It just just bothers me. It's like when, you know, when someone rubs it, rubs, places their fingers, fingernails on a blackboard. You know, that feeling. You get it. That's what happens when things like this happen that I'm reading. His first word is whilst. They just punch Come on! <sighs> While the rest of the Beatles' films could be seen as an exercise in vanity, "Yellow Submarine" is a true musical masterpiece. Again, whilst get this kind of phone. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't. Well, anyway, of course you can believe it or not believe it. This is just what they think. Okay, you think differently. And always do if you do. And always say it if you do. Perhaps the closest thing you can get to actually experiencing the energy, vibrancy, and creativity of the Beatles in contemporary life, Yellow Submarine is a trippy orgasm, a trippy orgasm of color and psychedelia, paving the way for the interludes of Terry Gilliam's Flying Surface, the art of animator Chris Cantor. Is it Cantor? I don't even want to try to... Pronounce that any other way, who also worked on Pink Floyd The Wall is truly incredible. Mm-hmm. Coming to life in the ecstatic Lucy in the Sky with Diamond sequence. Uh... Oh. I'm, flying now. I'm flying now. I can't see you. I can't see uh, number four. Tell the Iron man. Tell Suo, the Iron Man. Shinya, Sugamoto, nineteen eighty nine, a filmmaker highly admired by the great, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, excuse me, are we in the presence of the great Quentin Tarantino, the man who, ah, the great and multi. Derivative. Can I say, derivative? Multi-derivative. Can I say, and whilst... <laughs> all right. I want everybody who's listening and, and likes film, loves film, wants to know more about it. And I don't get a penny out of this at all. But Mark Cousins is somebody... You can buy his... I don't know. H C D. CD history of film and watch it and I, you will know more than any of these fellas and gals and people just people who write this stuff believe me Mark Cousins presentation of the history of film is marvelous and it says so much about history and the derivative factor yes the influence of those before influence by the way from the beginning of the history of film which is you know this is contemporary compared to the history of the crusades or something you yeah? <laughs> right so uh, you learn influence the difference between influence and copy there's a difference between influence reimagining something that was done before or just downright stealing it he doesn't make any judgments about it but he shows how one generation is watching something thinking it's so original and creative when in fact it's just ripped off and it's okay that's a compliment or what have you but uh, you know so when I see this stuff the great Quentin Tarantino Five lashes for you, the great. Come on. Oh, well. Maybe maybe I should stop ever. No, I can't. I do this because I do this. No one else does this. I'm moving on here now. What is this? The Iron Man. I don't know. Belladonna of Sadness. Another Yamamoto. 1973. Belladonna of Sadness. I like the... Title, Ichai Yamamoto's psychedelic animated masterpiece takes us on a grueling journey using the animated medium. Oh, he already told us it's an an animated masterpiece. So now he's telling us that. So, oh my goodness, he uses the animated medium in an animated masterpiece? Wow, it's brilliant. That's almost as great as Quentin Tarantino. Portray some of the most heinous acts. Now, most heinous. Most heinous. So there's uh, uh, most, there's the least heinous. When <laughs> it's heinous, uh, I don't know if I could dang on the air anymore doing this. Right? And don't you get angry like that about stuff? Just stuff. I don't care if you don't get angry about what I get angry about, but come on. Told through stunning visual spectacles, Belladonna of Sadness is a beautiful meditation. On mysticism, uh, how about a chaotic, med- how about a chaotic uh, <laughs> meditation? Is there such a thing? Uh, <laughs> thereby curating a subversive and paradoxical experience. Whoa, those words. Wait a second. Maybe they sound better. Those words. Behind this. Told through a stunning visual spectacle's belladonna of sadness is a beautiful meditation on mysticism, telling the story of a female peasant who is subjected to physical and emotional torture, but gains agency over her destiny by utilizing the power of witchcraft. (laughs) Now, is this a psychedelic uh, radio show (laughs) or... You know, it's odd that I chose to bring out and deliver pieces of this ambient mouth experimental album that was never released that I wrote and produced when I was going to do this list. I get, see, even uh, even sometimes you don't know you're doing things. Uh, you just do it automatically. Uh, that w- that works together without sitting and planning. If I planned this show, it wouldn't be anywhere near as good. Or is bad, and it's according to your idea, you judge. All right, let's go to number uh, two Fantastic Planet. Not to be confused with Forbidden Planet. 1973. Crafted from the mind of the iconic French animator Rene Lelou. It says so many different low. Uh, Okay, I'm not going to get into that again. It's just odd that that came up and I decided to talk about Paris. But that's the other thing. You couldn't put a a show together with this much, uh, uh, with this much, uh, you couldn't construct a show uh, with this much thematic, thematic theme. How about a thematic theme? All right, let's go back to Fantastic Planet and forget that sentence. See, I know enough to throw it away whilst I am thinking and not thinking like the great. Did I mention the great Quentin Tarantino? That's the funniest. Hey, anybody who wants to buy this album, maybe I'll start selling this album again. I don't know. I don't have any tracks there. are, But I'll put them together and put it on a CD if you want it. Send me a uh, postage and I'll, you know, take me, I don't know, 75 bucks. Uh, fcatolo at yahoo.com if you have PayPal. Uh, when am I at PayPal? Yeah, fcatolo. I guess it's that. Or just uh, email me. Fcatola yahoo I want to buy one of those. I'll tell you how to pay for it. Ambient mouth. I am silly, I got a product now. It's it's not psychedelic. It's weird stuff. It's not psychedelic because I wasn't uh, on drugs when I did it, and so it's not a product of drugs. There are other things I have, but okay, let's move on. Um, Okay, uh, the uh, French animator René Laloux, Fantastic Planet has inspired the world of music and experimental film since its release in 1973. It has, let me get this straight, it's inspired the world of music and experimental film, I guess, when they're together, since its release in 1973 as the jewel. It has inspired the world as the jewel in the director's crown alongside such films as Time Masters and Gandahar. Well, that sentence doesn't make any sense, so let's just move on. That's the second one. An allegory, and it's a fantastic planet, is an allegory of human rights and racism. Lalo's film is a classic science fiction, a classic of science fiction, depicting a faraway planet where strange blue giants... Rule and humanoid rebels are repressed. Blue giants rule and humanoid rebels are repressed. So now you could do a, uh, maybe do it like Anthony Newley. See, hey, maybe that could be my my, uh, my cartoon sidekick. Hello. And comes up, he shows up. Oh, Anthony's here. Hello. Oh, you got, a, you got a song for us today? It's one about blue giants rule. Soundtrack. Ending psychedelic Funkin' jazz He turns into I guess you'd have to do it With his one of his songs To get the inflection We're not going to Make that a, a thing He's not going to have A cartoon sidekick So don't expect one Next time this show Is on Or the next time You listen to it And now Let's have a drum roll It's a band drum It's a finger roll <laughs> The number one Psychedelic film, the twenty psychedelic best of all time, according to these guys, gals, I don't know whoever they are, is howsu howsu so? It How so? sounds like something you'd say. Uh, I think I got uh, I got something wrong with my leg. How so? How so? No, I guess it's it's uh, Obayashi, nineteen seventy-seven of all time now, nineteen seventy-seven. The best of all time took place in 1977. I Means he's seen everyone. She's seen this writer, these writers have seen Ha-su. It's HAUSU. It's H A U S U. HAUSU. Possibly the most idiosyncratic film of all time. HAUSU is a psychedelic trip like no other, featuring a flurry of animation, surreal violence, and enigmatic Japanese energy. From filmmaking master Nobohiko Obayashi. Not the great Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> the, the, this is the great. Okay, conjured into the director's mind after a conversation with his daughter, howsu follows a group of seven schoolgirls that's already in trouble. We're already in trouble with this one. It follows a group of seven schoolgirls who travel to one of their... Aunt's country homes that turns out to possess an ancient evil. Okay, it's a horror film. It's like For lovers of Japanese culture, the and particularly their surreal sense of humor, Houseu is an absolute must, possessing a bizarre energy that is, in equal parts unnerving and hilarious. Suffusing his world with a mix of vivid hand-drawn animation, hand-drawn animation. I oh, would go okay, because there is uh, there's okay. There's other kind. It's 3D. Okay, and surreal cinematic choices. Ha-su takes the viewer on a dance of phantasmagorical absurdity. Phantasmagorical absurdity. It's it's worse than just if it's just absurd. Forget it. You forget it. You got to find. Ah, uh, subscribe to our newsletter. now. it's not going to happen. I can it out. Just, most popular? What's this? Now I don't know what that's all about. It's a whole other list here. Okay, there you go. That's the number one. So we did get through all of them. And and we got through this. So here's what I'll do. Oh, is it on? There you go. My name is Frank Franketolo, the man whose name adjoins... The title of the show This is Catolo Chronicles You can get this show And listen to it Maybe you already have And you're listening to me say it now As we're on Thursday nights At SRN Media Works Live You can listen to it And any number of other Not a lot anymore I don't know You'll look it up But we are on TrueTalkRadio.com And a lot of great stuff Going on there And I'm going to go on uh, Howie's show soon again And be a guest I'm to bring this with me. You want this? Anybody want this album? I will send it to you for $5. That's just so that I could, you know, I'll put it in a CD case and uh, I'll send it to you. Can't download it. I don't have it. It's nowhere. It exists. I did it on a bet. We'll tell you that story some other time. And here's Frank Atolo, the man whose name adorns the title of the show. Frank. Right, Frank, here's another idea. Oh, 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 where'd you come from? I've been walking next to you the entire time. <laughs> Frank! Frank! Where are you? Finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, How are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, Can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Frank, remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father. But my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. Dad has brothers? And you know, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Frank! Frank! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your name is Frank. Your name is Frank. Frank! Frank! My name is Frank Cattolo, man. His name joins the title of the show, Catolo Chronicles. And we got guests coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. October is going to be fun. And we're going to be back, hopefully. Everything works out okay, you know. You never know when you've done anything for the last time. Uh, good night, Mrs. Ernst Weil, wherever you are located. Catherine, get in touch. Don't be lost. Don't be lost. You don't need to be lost. Come on back, Catherine. Um, and again, go buy my books. Amazon, Blurb.com, blue.com. Thank you for those who have been and continue to. And until the next time we meet, it's me, Frank Cattolo. F. with Yahoo.com where you can write to me. Anything you want. I don't care. At Frank Catolo is my Twitter handle. to handle. At Frank Catolo, I use F capital and C capital. But maybe you can get it anyway. I don't know. Maybe you don't want me there. I don't know. You Only you know. So there. Take care of yourself. Get your shots. Whatever shots you need. And... You know, that's it. I have nothing more to say.